Hey, Pastor Steve Waldron. I hope you're having a great day in Jesus. We're here with Season 2, Episode 2 of Biblical Archaeology today. Glad you could join us. We're going to look at Cyrus the Great. He who was called the Anointed and who the Israelites really appreciated because he seemed to have quite a bit of leniency towards them after their 70 years of captivity. So I was reading through some things on Cyrus the Great, and I was impressed (laughs) by the things he was called. I mean, like in Olympic Park in Melbourne, they've got a a statue of him, I think a street named after him in Jerusalem. But here's some of his ancient titles, King of Anshan, King of Persia, King of Media, King of the World, King of Kings, Great King, Mighty King, King of Babylon, King of Sumer and Akkad, King of the Four Corners of the World. So um, he was called a lot. Now, I I do find it interesting in things that uh, he evidently refers to himself in the first person, a few things we've got in archaeology. He just says he's like an Achaemenian, like that's where he's from. He doesn't really give himself a lot of those titles. But let's see, I wrote an article for the Premier Study Bible on Cyrus, and this is on page 375. And it says a cylinder was discovered in 1879 detailing Cyrus's treatment of captive peoples. This reveals that it was Cyrus' policy to allow tolerance and repatriate, repatriation for captive peoples. Now, that wasn't really universal in the ancient world. They were very despotic and very mean and some of the release of the tortures of ancient people will are terrible they're like way worse than Gitmo kind of thing and uh and it confirms his actions towards Judah as being consistent with his policies the Dabonidus chronicles dating from the second to fourth centuries BC describes the conquest of Babylon by Cyrus as well. I know the Shah of Iran really used the Cyrus Cylinder to show that it was the first human rights charter and on and so forth. But uh, I'll read you just a little bit, little stuff on Wikipedia about Cyrus as well. The four-winged guardian figure representing Cyrus the Great or possibly a four-winged cherub tutelary deity, Basrily found it Pasargade on top, of which was once inscribed in three languages the sentence, I am Cyrus the king, an Achaemenian. So that's kind of interesting. Um, also, his grave. We may go into his tomb in just a little bit as far as talking about it some. Um, here's something else. I am Cyrus the king, an Achaemenian in Old Persian, Elamite, and Akkadian languages. It's known as the C. Ma inscription carved in a column of Palace P in Pesagarde. These inscriptions on behalf of Cyrus were probably made later by Darius I in order to affirm the lineage using the old Persian script he had designed. That's kind of interesting. And just an interesting guy. If you read his history, even outside of Scripture, I mean, um, 
The details of Cyrus' death vary by account. The account of Herodotus from his histories provides the second longest detail in which Cyrus messed his fate in a fierce battle with the Masagete, a tribe of the southern deserts of Khorazam and Kazulkum in the southernmost region of the Eurasian steppe, regions of modern-day Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan, following the advice of Croesus to attack them in their own territory. So, I mean, you can see that Cyrus mentioned in scripture uh, his policy of repatriation is confirmed in secular literature and uh, the fact that he conquered Babylon, you know, the Daniel, the incredible prophecies of Daniel, that Persia was going to follow Babylon and Cyrus was used. All these things are confirmed by secular history. Um, his burial, it's, he seems to have died around December 530 B.C. And so the tomb of Cyrus in Pasargade, Iran, is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And it's the type thing that many may have seen. It is, you know, a very famous monument of antiquity that, you know, there basically in the middle of the desert is this massive sarcophagus. And so... Uh, all these things show us that Cyrus was a real person and that his uh, policies and everything we have in archaeology is consistent with what we read in Scripture. I'm just confirming the archaeology of the Bible. And the Bible is consistent historically, properly interpreted so much. You have to realize that, you know, there's thousands of miles of desert in the ancient Near East, and not just desert, but other types of uh, topography as well and definitely not nearly everything has been discovered in mind so you know if certain things there's gaps in the biblical narrative as relating to archaeology and stuff most of it would be either destroyed in the sands of time or through humanity or grave robbers and the like or just hasn't been discovered yet so thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed it. And look at our other podcasts. Give them a listen. Share them with your friends. Subscribe. And uh, God bless. Hope to see you on YouTube. We have a New Life of Albany, Georgia YouTube channel, Facebook page, and newlifeofalbany.com. God bless. See you later. Bye-bye.